0: Welcome to the Run Uni Podcast with me, your host, Michael Levac. Today on the show, we're gonna be talking about balance. Running is 100% a single leg activity. So when we land on each leg, we want to have instant control, stability, and balance in order to take the next effective step as quickly as possible. Now, unfortunately, balance is one of those things that we often disassociate responsibility from. We think we either have it or we don't, We're either good at it or we're bad at it. We often laugh it off as a bit of a a joke that our balance, much like coordination, is just terrible. What we fail to realize though is that having poor balance is a major cause of poor performance injury and pain and B, it's incredibly trainable. I am delighted to welcome the creator of the Slack block and author of Balance is Power, Jim Klopman, onto the podcast. Jim's going to share his wealth of knowledge on balance and balance training and talk a lot about his amazing, really cool product, um, which we're using in clinic from the moment I got my hands on it. We're also going to discuss balance testing and especially the importance of improving balance for runners. So listen in and start thinking about that balance. This episode is sponsored by the Running School Austria Balance Beams. Running is 100% a single leg activity, so having badass balance is of vital importance to staying injury-free, strong, and fast. Check out www.runningschool.at forward slash shop for more information. So um, today on the Run Run Uni podcast, we are talking balance. Uh, What is it? Why is it important? And how is balance important to running? And I am absolutely delighted that we have a gentleman with us today who is the author of "Balance Is Power" book available on Amazon, and the inventor of the Slack Bow and Slack Block training systems. So, joining us all the way from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, I believe, is Jim Kloppman. So, hey. welcome, Jim. Thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me here. I really do.
0: So, Jim. Um, yeah, so I have been aware of the Slack block for a while. I don't even know how long. I don't know if I saw it on a Ready State, um, Kelly Storette, you know, uh, item or, you know, or whether it was a Facebook and Instagram um, sort of post that, seemed that came up, an algorithm thing that came up. But I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, that's good. It instantly knew that that was something new, something Something different that I had not seen before, but um, wasn't available in Europe. So I was like, "Nah, OK, I'll leave it until uh, I listened to the Ready State podcast just a few months ago. And I heard you talking about it. and I heard Kelly Starrett talking incredibly enthusiastic about it. And I was straight on straight on the website uh, and got one. And I have to say, as soon as I got it. Unbelievable. Really, really I, you know, I've had ankle problems myself um, from old rugby injuries. And as soon as I got on, I was like, ah, yes. Now this, this is where I can feel my deficiencies. So we, I've been I'm pretty good on a slack line. We have, uh, I'm one of the foot collective foot nerds. So we've done a lot of work on balance beams. And, but as soon as I stepped on that, on the slack block, I'm like, oh no. And as soon as I turned, that was the one on on my toes. I was like, "Oh no, yeah, this is where I'm struggling." Um, so real game for personally is game changer for me. And then also as I've started to, you know, from day two, started using with a few clients, and then more and more clients. And then I think we're a month in now, and I've already added it into my general running assessment um, screen that we do. It's it's fantastic, and we'll talk about. Some of the results I've had already, um, but yeah, really, really, really cool device. I'm really mega impressed with it. So, what I want to know is uh, before we talk about balance and all this stuff, um, <laughs> how did you how did you come up with this? Um, I mean, it's it, like right now, it's you know, it's sitting in my on, in my room at work, and it looks like a simple device. I mean, it is a simple device, but how did you come up with that? Um, and yeah, just, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey to, to where you are now?
1: Yeah, it's, um, I appreciate that introduction. You got <clears throat> a, a couple of things, right? A, a new term I'm going to start using called this, we disassociate ourselves from what we think our balance is. And, yeah. um, and, and I've trained, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of people <clears throat> who, Almost nobody knows how good or bad their balance is, which is funny. You know, mm-hmm. they they uh, they just don't. And part of the reason for that is that we live in a world that really has no balance challenge to it. So yeah. you don't know if your balance is bad till it's acute. Mm-hmm. You know, you start falling down in places you should be just walking around. But previous to that, there's a whole spectrum of levels of balance that you can achieve. Um, I got started in this years ago. Uh, it's interesting being in Austria. Um, I skied with the great Stein Erickson when he was 74 and I was 50. Uh-huh. And he skied great. And I said, look, I want to keep skiing well into my 70s and 80s. What do I do? And he said, I mean, well, he was just so much fun to hang out with. And what he had to say on the lift was probably more fun than skiing with him. But he said, well, I ski every day. So, yeah. you know, that helps. And I, I knew he did gymnastics. as a kid, I said, did your gymnastics help you at all? And he said, yeah, I think it did. And I still do some of that. And so I just kept thinking it couldn't be strength because, you know, you fitness trainers have got us all strong now at mm-hmm. age 60 as we were at 30. Um, it couldn't be skill because the more times you do something, the better you're supposed to get, not worse. couldn't be vision because you can buy better vision. Mm-hmm. So what was it? So maybe it's balance. And I took several years of messing around and then I worked on a slack line. I, I, there was nothing in the industry that challenged my balance. And I got a slack line as a challenge. Yeah. And I didn't want to walk on it because I knew one leg in front of the other is nothing that relates to skiing. So I just did one-legged work. And I was, I've was i been skiing 66 years. I mean, I'm really fast for somebody my age. Yeah. My skiing just went, Pew, just really? exploded in terms of speed. Okay. And, I'm, and I, get like, like, the first couple of days of the season, I was like, got to the bottom. I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> what happened? And it was the balance training. And since then, I've trained many skiers, who will tell you their first day of skiing after summer of training with me was better than the last day of the year before. And no skier ever said that before. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you generally have to take a week or so to build up to where you were the year before when you finished. Had one skier accused me of, of hypnotizing him. So the, the first product was a slack bow and it was yeah. this frame that I could adjust the level of difficulty, the tension on the line, mm-hmm and really had great success with it but it's a big heavy piece of equipment it's not easy to adjust i mean it's easy to adjust but takes too much thinking for the regular consumer and then we just had some foam lying around as a safety part of the slack bow, and i got on it one day and it was three inches wide i'm like oh i feel something here so we had already started putting what's called a slack plate on the on the line for the slack bow and that leaves a foot flat and i put that on top of the foam and i'm going Oh, I feel something here. And it's just really, you know, just screwing around. I mean, it's amazing how many <clears throat> great inventions come just from screwing around. But then once you get there, then you've got a whole life cycle of developing the right foam, developing the right shape. Um, you know, we've got special foam, we've got special shape, we've got adjustment, on, we've got two or three patents on it. Um, so you do take the basic concept and build it out from there. and Yeah. Even to this day, when I hear somebody like you make the comments you make about that little blue piece of foam with a piece of wood on it, I find it hard to uh, absorb yeah. how cool it is. And so I, I you know, have a sense of self-worth issue I have to deal yeah. with. Nah, so I mean, it's I, wonderful to hear somebody like you say that. So that's I, how I got to where I am today.
0: So. Yeah, but I, I mean, you know, in the physiotherapy where I'm a physiotherapist and a running technique specialist, you know, in the physiotherapy world, there's all these gadgets. You know, we get these catalogs full of yeah, gadgets yeah. for physiotherapies, like what we can yeah. use, what we can sell, what we can give to, yeah. to clients. And, you know, my first experience of these were just the foam. The foam. Yeah,
1: pad, yeah.
0: I was like, what do you do with this? Just stand on it. You throw right. some things. There's, there's no real... You're not you're not developing skill with it, and you know right. the the softer, your, you know the softer the surface that your foot is on, the softer your foot goes,
1: right? It kind of mushes into it. It just mushes
0: into it. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you know when I was studying, it was all about I don't know if they're new at the time. The wobble boards, you know, the classic wobble boards, right? And they're really difficult, <laughs> and you can't do them right. single leg. <laughs> um, and then when we started working with the balance beans. They're fantastic. You can do so much on them, and they're great for restoring the foot. But the one thing they don't have is your foot can't act like a foot, which right. was which is the which was the <laughs> yeah. annoying thing. You, you're like you're working the ankle, you're working all the responses up right the leg and the hip, but you're right. missing that that aspect um, of your foot, which are, which a lot of the time and a lot of people is missing. Um, their foot isn't working like a like a solid right. like a solid tripod. Right. But like I say as soon as I saw it I was like oh this is interesting I like this right. and when I heard Kelly talking so eloquently enthusiastically and listening to what you had to say I was like god right. right. and yeah and it's great I well I've got... one story I want to tell you straight away is uh, yeah a young client of mine he's he's had knee pain anterior knee pain for a couple of years young footballer I think they're working with a colleague myself you know trying to improve his movement Improving his balance, coordination, his strength—it just keeps coming back, and he he struggles to engage with you know certain muscles,
1: right?
0: You know, and I did I did the the twelve minute um, routine with him, and he's sweating, and his calf is burning, <laughs> and his glutes are burning, I'm like, you okay? It's like ah, <laughs> and. The next week
1: he comes back, pain's gone. Yeah. There's, we have a lot of stories like this. Are, are you joking? <laughs> well, but here's what's happening. Mean, I'm gonna walk, you've said so much in the last couple of minutes, but one, your point about the foam is right. You know, you 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 have to be able to engage the toes so they yeah. have some active involvement in the process. Now there's a whole group out there now who feel like you know, you gotta balances on the outside foot, which doesn't Uh really make sense because, I mean, apes and chimps don't have big toes. Yeah, Apes and chimps don't have thumbs. And the reason we have big toes is because they're really, and apes and chimps, by the way, can't really stand on one leg, much less walk for more than a few feet upright. So, you know, we have big toes for a reason and they're really part of the balance system. So when you get on a piece of foam and you want to engage that big toe, it's, it doesn't do anything when you push Mm -hmm. down on it. Yeah, There's no reactive force back. Balance beams uh, are valid, but to your point, the whole foot, including the big toe, doesn't get to be on it. And there's, you know, I've almost named the company Big Toe Balance because I think the big toe is that important. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you have these other types of systems that don't engage the big toe, you're not really helping yourself. Mm-hmm. And then finally, with the wobble board, something we noticed because we tested the slack block on water, on air, on all sorts of different uh, substrates and when something's too reactive it's problematic yeah all you're working are are basically from the knees down and the feet are just doing this and a true balance challenge is when the whole body has to get involved
0: right okay yeah
1: so when you're on those wobble boards they're they're too reactive and and that's something that that you know everybody has to watch out for is you want to engage the whole body not just the lower extremities okay. and the same is true with other boards that we see that that you know you'll be suddenly on your heels over here, over here, and you're yes. all these different directions, way too reactive. And you're, and you're never, when you have a balance challenge, suddenly here and then here, then here, and there, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like I'm getting forces this way, then forces that way. And they kind of move in, in a more fluid fashion yeah. of application of the forces. Mm-hmm. So the slack block allows that. Now, as far as your client's concerned, when you, you've you said some really important things that, that maybe most people won't capture is that we worked on his muscles, we worked on his muscles. And what happens is that when we're doing anything with weights or even body weight, we're basically working big mobilizer muscles.
0: Sure.
1: And the whole system's run on stabilizers. So as I'm standing here now, I'm not using really any of my mobilizers, but I've got hundreds of stabilizers that are keeping me upright. In fact, if I was just a... Uh, a wooden form of myself or a concrete form of myself, you could just touch me with a quarter pound of pressure and I'd fall over. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one in the world that claims this because I see it when I put people in extreme balance positions, I can just touch their hip, which is a quarter pound of pressure and keep them up. And that's how close people are to being in balance or out of balance. Mm-hmm. So those amazing sets of muscles are always working. And yet when we train with these weights, we're just going big muscles on, off, on, yeah. off. So I learned a lot about stabilizing muscles years ago when I had that same experience with a friend of mine who had uh, had some work done on his leg to clean out arteries, and I I don't know what happened. But I brought the slack bow to a conference we were at, and the next morning at breakfast was actually a meeting of like ten people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'd met all day Friday, and the meeting the next morning at breakfast the next morning, he reaches down and he palms the floor. And i said what what are we talking why are you doing that he says i can do that and i said what do you mean he said you know i had that clean out artery clean out like eight months ago and every morning in the shower i reach over and try to get down to where i used to be where i could palm the floor and i don't get my fingertips past my ankles he said i spent an hour and a half on the slack bow yesterday and now i can so what happens is you get these conditions of, and I see it all the time from Mm -hmm. concussions to physical fitness, you get, and you know what this is, it's called compensatory muscle firing patterns. And the pattern that he has in place around that knee to stabilize it, lock it up, and you kind of build it up even more by building these big muscles around it. You don't allow the muscles to free up and respond to the small stabilizer muscles. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that drive the boat and so as soon as you get on the slack block and you start doing that and you go into that balance position those small stabilizer muscles are the only ones that work now big problem with marketing the product is for fitness people and you look at instagram everybody's doing this you know they're doing all sorts of crazy movement crap and you get on the slack block and you stand there and you go well it's not a very exciting video but time after time like your client we have incredible athletes get up there and after 30 seconds they go i'm sweating why am i sweating this i'm not doing anything why am i sweating it's because those little muscles all over the body go and you don't have to have big you don't have to have big movement to fire them and the fitness world moves loses this one aspect of physical fitness is that these little tiny muscles that control everything Mm -hmm. fire almost imperceptibly and so you have to have you know, there's freedom of movement and the body kind of moves slowly and there's not much to it but the athletes going my you know my quads are screaming my my glutes are screaming whatever it is and generally this is another point it generally finds the weakest link in the chain so yeah. if there's a weak link in the chain it'll attack that so it's very hard to get the industry to understand and i've and i've spoken to some coaches and they say oh good idea and i'm sure maybe after this podcast someone will copy it but they call themselves strength and conditioning coaches mm-hmm. And they should rename themselves to strength and conditioning and control coaches because those control mechanisms are what keep people from getting injured. They're also what bring people back from being injured. They're also what make people better athletes. Mm -hmm. One of the best teams, and I'm gonna stop after this last comment. One of the best teams in the American football, uh, uh, professional football uh, league, NFL, Buffalo Bills, Mm -hmm. has the lowest injury rate of any team in the NFL in two years. And they're also like close to getting the Super Bowl every year. Every, for the last two years, they don't allow any kind of squats in season. really? None, None. because you're taking the body and putting it in a a position that is never in when it plays football Mm -hmm. with weights, extending those muscles into lengths that they shouldn't be in, the tendons, everything else. We don't do anything it's not an athletic position so i see people on the slack block all the time doing pistol squats and they it's cool don't get me wrong totally non-functional and in fact it inhibits your balance system because i have clients that have come in and they lose their balance and they default to kicking their leg in front of them
0: yeah exactly well
1: that's the worst thing you want to do when you lose your balance you want to lower your center of gravity and kick that other leg behind you yeah. And so they're defaulting to this position that they've trained themselves to build strength in, and in, in, I don't know if you ski or not, but how ACL most ACL tears in skiing occur from people getting into a awkward position, dropping down with their knees bent, and trying to pop back up again.
0: Yeah,
1: and on that pop back up again, so they're down into almost a squat position sure. with their back down maybe, and they try to pop back up, and that's when they tear their ACL. So all these small mechanisms are just not paid attention to because there's nothing sexy to sell it's just impossible to sell it it's not impossible hearing you talk sells it but it's just for most other people like okay what's he doing no big deal
0: Mm -hmm. i think i think it's because it's quite hard to quantify not yeah some people don't see the see 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 the link perhaps when i first started adding balance into my running analysis or my movement analysis to try and just try to get a picture of why someone runs the way they run right i initially started just doing a 30 second eyes closed standing and then 30 seconds eyes on the eyes open on the beam um and and then i've made it one minute and then i could see people just standing there going ah what's this for i'm having to explain a test i didn't have to explain any other test and um, yeah you know, in, of of like the whole test battery, and I'm having to explain why why balance is important because people don't right. people don't associate balance as being particularly important. Um, well, well when, like, when uh, you run if
1: you run long distance, the very best long distance runners have a ground load time of about fifteen percent. Yeah. Meaning in their cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, as that ground strike time goes up, the runner is slower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one, that should tell you something. So the reason the ground strike time is slower is the body's trying to find a place of balance and it does not allow you to go past that point in terms of strike time because it wants to stay there long enough to balance. Although it's a fraction of a second and and you think it's a fraction of a second, but over a marathon, if it's a five hour marathon and you're now a slow runner, let's say six hours, Mm -hmm. 25% of your time, right? is what, uh, 12, you know, two hours, two plus hours is on balancing on one foot or the other. Mm -hmm. So you don't think you're balancing, but yeah, over that time you are. Now, as people go slower and their balance is worse, they also have a tendency to, really great runners have a narrow foot strike pattern. Mm -hmm. They're not on a beam, but they're close, right? Mm -hmm. Now as, and there's research that supports this, slower runners have a wider foot strike pattern. Why do you think I have to have a wider foot strike pattern?
0: Yeah, wider base of support.
1: Exactly. My base of support. Now, what happens is that foot strike pattern gets wider. My foot strikes end up being like this. Mm-hmm. So, as my foot strikes go like this, I'm now heading in this direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I've got to change my body and head in this direction for my next foot strike. And then in this direction, how much energy is wasted not yeah. going forward?
0: It's leaking A out. huge amount. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, as you improve your balance, your foot strike pattern becomes more narrow. Mm-hmm. And you end up landing better and pushing off of that. The other is that you, a big thing that's missing, I think, in the running world is uh, eccentric strength. So, you know, everybody's lifting weights, but, you know, the ARX is this incredible machine. I don't know if they sell it in Austria yet, but it's only good in a couple of different motions, but it's computer driven. It'll control the max force that you can push out Uh and it'll control the max force you can return. So the concentric move out, let's say relative numbers, I can move out with 100 pounds, I can release back 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. So this ability to absorb energy when you land is three times greater than the amount you can lift. So I weigh 170 pounds if I jump off of a, uh, you know, know, if I'm in a running strike mode, if I'm running, let's say, high speed or mid speed, Mm I'm landing with four times my body weight i can't lift four times my body weight but my body's absorbing four times my body weight when it lands well it doesn't absorb it completely to the extent that it absorbs and pushes me off into the next step and we work a lot on that eccentric loading with balance is that the more you can get that balance going the more you can use that eccentric load to push you forward and runners dismiss that really great runners and this is the best way to sell it i think to a lot of people the best runners have the best balance. You could bring world-class marathoners into your uh, facility and put them on slack block and they'll get on it and go, what's the big deal?
0: Yeah. And I get injured elite runners coming in and they, oh, they laugh off the fact that their balance is poor. And, and I watch them do balance exercises, some of them on, on these, plates uh, on these on these on these cushions with their like with their nike air maxes and i'm like "Ah, your foot's not being a foot here man and and they're just they're just popping into this onto the toes they're popping onto the heel and they're just they're they're not building what they want to build
1: we have this saying and i'll send you the video on it's called the shoe balance test that i started where i just do one minute two minutes on one foot and then two minutes in the zero shoes with zero structure, zero heels. Yeah, and then I get into some of these other shoes and I swear to God, I go, I now go to zero trade shows with them and bring slack blocks. And we just tell people, all right, leave that shoe on, put the zero shoe on. Now balance in this foot, they're balanced on this foot. People like, I mean, every one of them go, oh, I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Immediately you feel where you are and, You know, there's a a friend of mine that took me probably two years to get him out of runner to get out of the soft shoes to the, he now wears only zero shoes. Mm -hmm. And I came in his house one day because he has a right foot strike pattern. He can land and absorb and and spring. He's not landing on his heel and doing all those things. I spent a lot of time training him on how to run, but I came in his house one day and there was like 15 pairs of, you know, these fat soled running shoes lined up against the wall. And I said, what are you doing with those? He said, I'm giving them away. And he said, you know, I now run marathons and half marathons. It used to be it would take me a week for my feet to start to feel good now. He Mm -hmm. said, I wear the zero shoes. My feet have been strengthened up. My feet feel fine right afterwards, and they don't hurt at all anytime Mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. So these soft shoes, we're trying to figure out why in this country, I think up to 70% of all runners all the time are injured. And he says, now he goes out with his running group and he says, he said most of the people are talking about their injuries and then they continue to run with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're like, why do they buy these soft shoes? And so he's, he and I came to the conclusion that you don't feel comfortable in your shoes. Your feet hurt afterwards. You're sore when you're running. So you go to the store and yeah, I want to try a new best shoe that you got. So yeah. they put you in a soft pair of these shoes and you walk around the store and you take a couple of strides Oh, these feel good. <laughs> Yeah. and you take them home and they're the same crazy shoe that you'd bought before it's just it's so that's why you had so many pairs of shoes and now he only has like two pair of zero shoes and that's it so it's it's a it's a marketing scheme i think to a certain extent i speak to Stephen and Sachin at zero shoes all the time mm-hmm. i think it's the nike um sort of marketing scheme to uh they're happy that you're injured
0: yeah, for sure i mean and,
1: And it gets you to buy more shoes. So there you go.
0: I mean, uh, how many years ago now? Is it six, seven years ago? The Nike had the the Nike free. And it was getting there. It was a little bit more foot-shaped. It was was flatter. It was soft. It was flexible. I loved it. Loads of people loved it. And then one year later, two years later, it's like, oh, it's not quite the same. And it they've just I know. gone the other direction again, like, I know ah, oh, come on guys, <laughs> you're almost there and you and you and you look for these shoes on Amazon and uh, no, on Amazon eBay or and people, yeah. people, people people are selling these original Nike freaks for a lot of money now. I know <laughs> yeah, I like, oh. but and so yeah, So they know, if they you know can... of course they know
1: yeah, they do. and you know the original soft shoe was designed because there were some people on. University of Oregon running team that had some tendon problems so they put a little lift in the heel of the shoe and and, uh, that made the tendons feel better and changed their running stride and and, you know if you look at you know it's mentioned in the book Born to Run but you know there was no there was no real runner's uh, shin splints and things like that before the soft shoes came out so there's a just a series of these injuries and yet to the problem is, this happened with my friend. You you can't take somebody who's been running in these soft shoes and they just put them in a pair of zero shoes and say go no. for it.
0: It it takes a it, long time, and they have to. It run. takes a that's, while, and that's that's a problem. People aren't willing to be as well. A lot of people aren't willing to be as conscientious as they maybe need to be to make that right. change. Right. Um, so with with yeah, my clients, they ask about landing forefoot and and going. To neutral shoes or, or zero drop shoes. And I'm like, yeah, okay, if that's your goal, certainly, but that's going to take a lot of work. So we need to talk about what you're able to, what you're willing to do. Yeah. With kids, it's amazing. With the kids, yeah, yeah. I'm like, right. under 12 or so, I'm like, take right. yourself, please. We're going to do all this barefoot right. things. <laughs> right.
1: um, well, but you know, back to your point about putting athletes on the uh, with the thick soled shoes on the slack block, we typically allow people to do that well, right off the bat, and I don't know if you have this experience, but oftentimes within a minute or two, they go, my feet are hurting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. The orange.
1: feet are like, I want to get involved and help you stay balanced. And every time I push down, I'm getting nowhere and there's no response because I'm just pushing in the phone. Mm-hmm. And then you have them take off their shoes. I have them go barefoot because socks are slippery, but take off their shoes and socks and they get on the slack block and it's like pain goes away. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But I'm getting a lot of people getting muscle pain um, not from when they do this first set on the straight on the slack, but when they turned, the toes are off, and then they actually have to use the big toe, not pain. yes. Yeah. and then they're like, Whoa, and then they can feel yes. the, like the muscles in their feet working for the first time. that's right that's a that's an eye opener for a lot of them.
1: that's the purpose of that second position is it you can't cheat yeah. the big toe out yeah, of it, it
0: <laughs> and and also on the when you when you turn ninety degrees and you're right. Yeah. You find the people that find their balance by just hanging down on the ankle, or want to hang right. down on the ankle, is right. um, this was this boy in particular. was like, no, no, try and try and keep your heel. Try and keep your yeah, yeah, keep exactly. heel. Yeah, And
1: you can force their foot back more onto the plate to get them to stop from doing that. But yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating to me. And you know, I I get hammered all the time uh, in when I meet with universities or PhDs about you know where's your research. Yeah. And I was talking to an Olympian one day who was a PhD in um, what, exercise physiology. And then she was an entrepreneur and she said, you need to come back into academia. And I said, I just really don't think you guys understand balance because your focus is so narrow and deep. That's the problem. That's the problem. And um, she said, no, it's really important, blah, blah, blah. And she was on a couple of national teams. Mm-hmm. And so I said, are you going to work out this afternoon? She goes, yeah. I said, well, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to come. Can I come with you? And for everything you do in the gym, will you give me two references for it? Mm -hmm. And she looked at me like, you know, this whole industry is loaded with, oh, science based but there's very, 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 very little science that says this particular type of movement, weightlifting, whatever it may be. Relates to better sports performance. It may relate to, and if it relates to injuries, it's just minuscule. Mm-hmm. There's only one or two things that truly improve uh, athletic performance, and yeah. pretty much everything else is, you know, I don't know what. There's a lot of research around it, but it doesn't show any support for that kind of stuff.
0: Exactly, exactly. The research on running and balance is the same. I think, yeah. Um, you know, we're I'm doing seven or eight podcasts on the different different sort of systems that are involved right within running amongst many you know we're talking you know just foot and ankle health we're talking breathing we're talking balance we're talking technique right and and we're talking about you know endurance um so whenever i see a study about running you know i immediately think and they say 20 healthy subjects so they say 20 elite subjects and i'm like well that doesn't tell me anything. I'd like to see I'd like to see a video of these twenty subjects, you know, mm-hmm. because of all these systems, you know, are they all the same? They're they're never the same, and every person runs very differently. Um, and I, you know, so when I see a, a study about someone about running technique or about ground contact time or about shoes, time, I've always got you have to take it a bit with a pinch of salt because it's the experience of like a dog makes the experience of balancing and working on your balance where you, where you figure things out, where right. And you know, your, your first day skiing after, um, after spending time on the slack block or the slack bow or the slack line, you couldn't explain what would better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Um, and it's, it's the same with running. You, you, you can just feel that. Wow. Right. You did work. And you, you know, at the time, you probably had no right. idea what right. was going on and why you were so fast. And why? why well, just didn't work.
1: I mean, you 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 made a point earlier, which is one we wrestle with all the time is. <clears throat> the uh, sense of balance is kind of disassociated from what. The athlete does. So we've had um, athletes come in there at some plateau mm-hmm. and. They balance train and and literally within three four five sessions they off the plateau and go to the next level yeah and we've had golfers who have you know taken their handicaps from six to three after just a couple of tra- hours of training or golfers who've gone from 10 to you know the handicap of 10 to zero after just several hours of training and <clears throat> you know i i would get I would make a comment, go, hey, this is really great. The balance is working. And the athletes would say, no, I think it's, you know, everything's just coming together. You know, I got yeah. a pair of shoes and I've been working on this and been training this. And, you know, now it's just kind of all come together. And the balance is part of it. And, you know, I used to be nice about it. And now <laughs> I'm like, that's just bullshit you've been on you've been on a plateau for two years i mean i had a woman skier who master skier and their races are like 45 40 seconds long she had the best ski coach in the city because she was married to him yeah she trained with him all the time she was on that same plateau she jumped eight she gained eight seconds she reduced her time by eight seconds in one season and i said boy, the balance training is really working. She goes, well, no, I think it's my coaching. And I was on the ski lift with her one day. And I said, that's just bullshit. And she looks at me, she goes, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm married to this guy. And I can't say that he's been training me all these years. And then I just work with you. It's just that much, you know, so that's kind of thing that goes on all the time. And so we have, we've been working hard on some tools. I, I hate to say them publicly, but some tools that are going to change that dissonance mm-hmm. and be able to, to show the athlete that, Yeah, there's a heck of a correlation, and I can show you some things offline at some point uh, if you want to do a Zoom session, some measurement systems that Uh, um, we've given to one school only, and they called me two years ago and they said, every member of our team has a score, Mm -hmm. we mediate this, we check them every couple of weeks, if they fall back, we take them offline, bring their balance back up, everything you said is true as their balance gets better, all their other metrics get better and their injury rate drops down. Yeah. And I said, great, let's tell the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and this guy said to me, he goes, when we win a national championship and they came close last year. So, you know, I hope to God that they do this ah. year because when we win a national championship, we'll tell everybody about it. And that's been one of my problems in selling the product is we have people have these phenomenal results and I have very famous trainers using the protocols kind of...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Taking ownership like it's their own I mean, mm. not showing the slack block in their instagram and videos but showing other products but using the slack block protocol and sometimes back in the corner you'll see a slack block or you'll see yeah. one by their foot and i mean i sound like a wild man but it works so damn well that nobody wants to tell anybody about
0: it yeah no we yeah. um so the running school we we developed oh, we i did nothing to do with it and um, the 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 developer of the the running school and the running school methodology we work a lot with coordination and right. and and coordinating ground contact and how you re, how you interact with yes, the ground right. um and it's a, it's a methodology
1: right
0: and it's in i'm sure he said of the top i think it's in the it's in at least 30 and maybe it's as much as 40 of the top uh, soccer football academies in in England and the UK plus rugby um, academies as well and but nobody tells anybody about it because it's almost like the best kept secret secret. Yeah it's but, but they're all using it so it's no, yeah. no secret.
1: Yeah oh and no it's, and it's I mean I have pro teams that bought a lot of my get. product a lot of my product and they won't I mean I had one team last year that had their all-star game At their Mm -hmm. facility and the trainer called me and said hey i want to give you know this is a great product gift to give to all the players i said okay i'll i'll give them to you you can give them to them. Mm he's okay let me check with management came back said well we're not going to do it (laughs) what? (laughs) because he didn't want the other teams to know about so you know i I just don't know we'll get there but it's just it's fun it's you know the first everybody gives me all this marketing advice all the time and i'm like okay good i understand but you know what the most important thing in marketing is is to have an amazing product and so we have that so i'm happy yeah. with that exactly you,
0: just, keep, you know, just need people to use it I'm you sure. know
1: when That's- it comes to running there's a couple other things that people i think miss and mm-hmm. i w- was working talking to a sprinter recently about this i said where do you look and you have this vision system that we have put out we haven't put a lot of information out about yet but what you see is only 90 90- it's only your data the eyes only collect data so what yeah. you see is only five percent of the data so you look at your hand that's only about five percent of the data that's going in through your eyes 95 percent of your data is going into this vision system i mean into this movement system and threat assessment system so how you manage that when you run is a huge component of it as well and yeah. i'm convinced that if you do certain things with people's vision it's going to improve their running and then the second thing is that when you if you don't think balance is an important factor in running you can just go out to a dirt road and have somebody run up two miles on a dirt road, you know, Mm. flat dirt road, nothing tricky about it all. Just a dirt road or a gravel road, whatever. And just have them run a mile on that and clock them against their best mile on a track. And the body knows this is a different surface. Yeah, I can't run as fast on this. And so if you were to move that along to the highest level, you know, try running on ice. And then when the body goes and stands on ice, for the first time, they've done this. They've measured the muscles that are firing when you're standing on solid ground. And then they just put you on ice, no balance challenge, just standing on ice and a whole new set of muscles fire up Mm -hmm. because the body says, I know where I am right now. So a whole new set of muscles are firing up. The gaze and where people look changes, everything changes automatically because the body knows that it's there. So these things, you don't think that they're important to running and they are. And there's research that shows that when you, that back leg kicked out behind you in your stride is actually a balance tool. And it's moving to a certain extent to keep you in balance when you move forward. And nobody really wants to pay any attention to that. Where's that back leg when you're doing that stride? It, to a certain extent, is causing your body to stay in balance depending on where sure. it is.
0: Yeah, no, we do, we do a, lot of work, a lot of work in our analysis on, you know, you know we, I almost, I don't ignore the landing because you can't ignore the landing. You have to talk about it. I have to really quickly go over the landing because that's what people focus on. They focus on the ground, they focus on the ground. And right. a lot of time, what we're actually trying to do is focus on actually what's happening in the air right. to see if we can regain balance and regain right. that right arm, left leg, left arm, right mm-hmm. leg balance and get right. things to, the, to, to right. coordinate as well as possible, which and then helps the landing. Right, <laughs> and so
1: we do, when I had a gym, I probably spend 30% of my time on landing balance. Mm-hmm. So how do you land and absorb energy? Yeah. And it's in certain sports it's called softness and if somebody lands and has a certain degree of, and if you can, and I can show you this again, we'll do a zoom together. Yeah. The, the landing forces, if they're absorbed totally throughout the whole body, they're absorbed cleanly. You can see somebody who's landing with just lower extremities or they're using too much of their arm or their head bobs. all these types of things are negatively affecting their landing. But if they can come in and land like a sort of a semi wet noodle and then come off of that, they're always gonna end up running better and moving better. And we've had athletes, running athletes have come in and claimed that they had injuries. And then we worked on their landing dynamics, Mm -hmm. not running landing dynamics, but just landing and balancing Mm -hmm. um it made a dramatic difference in their uh, you know their injury was taken care of and their performance also improved
0: yeah yeah we can see it we we also do some dynamics and analysis and you know you can see you can almost see in some of the movements through the analysis you can see where they where they do something say oh there's your injury right there you can see right you you can see the body just going
1: right i'll
0: use the knee for that (laughs) right
1: right Um, right
0: And then you see the same happening when they balance. They see they adopt this same sort of position. It's like when the body's right. under stress, they right. adopt this position. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, when you were talking before about the research, the academic research, I used to, I don't anymore because I don't have time. But I'd look at all the running labs throughout the country, and they'd all have their runner running. You know, whether it was you know back in the day little white dots yeah. or the suit on, whatever. You know, analyzing the running with all the Mm-hmm. and hanging off them and you know i just looked at their shoes and their strike and mm-hmm. if they were wrong i like well, they've got nothing worth <laughs> listening to it's just like i see people balance training and they're on little fat shoes with pointed toes and heels up and they're trying to advise other people how to balance me and i look at that and go they don't know what they're talking about yeah. it's just that simple so you can yeah, sort I of call them out very quickly based on the shoes that they're wearing
0: yeah exactly and i see the same when i'm seeing you know, my Instagram's filled with like physio stuff and running stuff. And as soon as I see a trainer, uh, a trainer or a coach or a physio, and they're wearing ridiculous shoes, <laughs> I'm like unfollow <"I'm> <laughs> because yeah, I because I know that even if what they're sa- saying is is true or sounds true or is kind of good stuff, I know that they're missing a big part of the picture.
1: Okay, all right,
0: because because of what's going on there. I mean you know not everybody can you know without a heck of a lot of work run barefoot or, or run in zero shoes or, or right. even barefoot or whatever right um, and i'm not saying everybody absolutely should but having strong feet having good balance oh yeah know, if you don't work on it you're never going to get there and yeah work on that first
1: and when you talk about strong feet we see i mean i see so many you know, toe exercises, big toe through a hole—all yeah, these yeah. things that people do. I get—I I used to have no arches at all. Now I don't think arches are overrated. So yeah. I've worked with enough athletes to see athletes that were incredibly uh, athletic and fast and dynamic have flat feet. Mm. Um, if you looked at James, uh, LeBron James's feet, mm. flat. hes he has got something's wrong with his toes. He's all four toes don't touch the ground. Yeah. Like sticking straight up in the air, and his big toe does touch the ground. Um, if you t- saw so Antonio Brown, who was, he's, you know, I, I, he's got other issues that he has to deal with, but mm-hmm. um, one of the best athletes in the NFL, he has a big toe that's like the size of my palm. It's just huge. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I found that when I've been working and doing my, I've had flat feet. I don't have flat feet anymore, and I, mm-hmm. all I do is a slack block, slack yeah. board, and the uh, slack bow, and just being on that flat plate. And we, like I said, again, we can show this afterwards, you and I, but it's pushing on that big toe and engaging the front inside quadrant of the foot causes mm-hmm. that arch to strengthen yeah. and get- Well, lifted. it's
0: weight-bearing, yeah. Well, it's weight-bearing and trying to actually do something with your whole body, which is the thing.
1: Right. And dynamic's important. You know, like the knee over toes guy's great. Um, mm-hmm you know, we've been talking knee over toes for 10 years now. I, if I had known I could make that much money from just that expression alone, I would have done it, but you know, a lot of balance training, all balance training has to be knee over pro, that front inside quadrant over the big toe, second yeah. toe um, weightlifting is they try to keep everything centered over the toe. But if you watch what, what we do in balance training and that landing force work that we do in balance training, everything is knee over toe, but it's dynamic. It's not static. It's not single direction. It's not weight driven. It's driven by the body responding to the position it has to be in in order to maintain its balance.
0: Yeah. Hey, and actually, that was a that was a good tip I picked up from 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 your from your video. Was just this athletic position we should be trying to balance, you know, right. in, in this athletic position because it's it's much much more challenging. Um, you know, if you lock out that knee or if you just don't just get that knee just bent into an athletic position, right? it's almost cheating. (laughs) Well, and some people
1: can do that. You know, we had at the Zero Zero Shoes booth, we had a contest who could stay on the Slack block the longest. And this guy came in one day and um, he wouldn't tell us what he did, but I think he was a, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a soldier of fortune type of guy, he's former military. Mm -hmm. And he stood on it with a locked knee, massive concentration, and could stay up there for 16 minutes. And I told the zero shoes guys, I said, that's, you can do that. And it's really not functional. And some people can do it. Not many people can do it. I can't Mm -hmm. do it. So we changed the protocol after that, that every two minutes you had to reach down and pick a rock off the ground. That was right next to your foot, not in front of you, right next to your foot. And you had to drop down into that athletic squat position Mm -hmm. and pick up a one pound rock. And, you know, he came back and he could only do it for three minutes after that. Yeah. So because that athletic position is yeah. important because you that's, where you that's where you live your life, is in that yeah. athletic position. That's where you play your sport. So we really drive that. And then you'll find a lot of athletes have good, tall athletic position balance, slight bending in the, but ask them to go 20% lower. They have terrible balance. And that's where they play their sport. So I always say, got to go lower, got to go
0: lower. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what else do I want to know? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> I need to, just, this is more of a clarification for me. Um, so, on your, on a lot of your things, the uh, videos you've got, you say it's easier to balance on a rope than it is to balance on a yeah. two inch or. or so, if I you,
1: I, I, we were confused by this initially. So, I. Yeah, I'm confused. You know, by I had- that. <laughs> I, well, I used to have the two inch line and then I got a one inch line and well I'm going to make it more difficult because we're always trying to make it more difficult because you're, I mean I've had Olympic athletes come in and they're pretty good I'm like oh God, now I got to you know where's the next level I can push them to, and mm. we feel like I've got upper limits now that most people can't get to, mm. um, so I tried a one inch line and I got on it and I'm like, oh, this is easier, yeah. and then I had the two inch line. And then I created the plate, which was three and a half inches, and the plate was harder than the two inch line. Mm-hmm. So, and then I got on a rope one day, walking uh, through a park, and I'm like, well, this was really easy. And what mm-hmm. I, there's two things that come on, is one is Kelly talks about, you know, the moment arm in engineering. So, if you've got a whole foot out there, this this force out here on the outside of the foot has more impact on where the foot goes. Okay. If it's rolling here, it doesn't have as much force. It's still on that yeah, one okay. center point. The other, I think, that happens is that there's a uh, there's a term for, oh, God, prehensile, mm-hmm. which is, you know, where we were as apes, a sense of the ability of the foot to grab a little bit. Yeah, okay. So the foot can get on that line and grab a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if you're barefoot, it doesn't make any difference you're in, the, in those mushy shoes, but if you're barefoot or zero shoes, typically a one-inch, line, a one-inch rope is easier than a one-inch line, a one-inch line is easier than a two-inch line. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you a two-inch line is much easier than the slack plate, which is three and a half inches. And we've even made wider slack plates. I have one here that I made send to Kelly's Tourette, mm-hmm. And it has a warning on the bottom of it, be careful. This is really dangerous. So
0: <laughs> okay. No, that uh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll need to try. I'll need to get, I'll need to as soon as I can, I'll get I'll try and get one of the other slack plates.
1: Well, next time you're at the park and you see a rope someplace, just go stand on it. And you go, oh, I get it.
0: Oh, really but yeah and again that makes sense why the beam although the beam isn't moving as well sometimes it feels really easy right you jump on the jump in the, the wider something wider it's like
1: Whoa. yeah and you see a lot of beam work out there now and when you see the big toe and second toe not engaged in the process don't get me wrong you're doing something to improve your balance that oh, sure. you're improving yeah. your balance it's a value to you i don't know but you're so when you see that big toe and second toe not involved and and mm-hmm. you know hanging off the beam, I'm not sure mm-hmm. you know if that's a type, you know, I'm sure the balance helps you some, but I think if you had the big toe and second toe engaged, it would help sure. you that much more.
0: Yeah. I mean. I mean, yeah, for 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 a lot of my clients, you know, I'm just trying to get them to get some activity into their hips. So. <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> so the beam up's a lot for that because you yeah. because you're doing less with the foot. It's, right. There's a lot more hip action. Um, right. One question I have for you is, um, so me personally, and I know well, because I've done it a lot, and some elites they tend to be elite because they're the best at compensating. So why I where I break yes. it down is balances. They're very good at using their arms yeah. or using other body parts or other sort of
1: yeah
0: call well, them cheats. And um, do you do you do you coach that? Do you train that say hey hey just try and
1: I'm gonna switch so, you on a wide have- view to Y here to show you that now. So yeah sure. Audio. So <clears throat> when we have people get on the slack block. If you, I trained a guy yesterday, a lot of strength through the upper body, shoulders and so forth. And he would get up there and hold this stiff upper body. So -hmm. when he gets up there, I'm going to do exactly what he did and watch my movement. And that's pretty much what he was doing. That's about what I can do. Mm -hmm. But if I go up there and I allow the body to move freely, it's more stable. Now, these movement patterns are very similar to the movement patterns that you make when you run, if I hit here, you don't see it. I'm sorry, it should be this way. You don't see it, but your arms are in different positions all along that line. Yeah. You know, they're just slightly different positions. The same thing with that back leg is slightly in different positions. One way you can train for this, which I think is, is fun. You have to learn how to do it yourself first. You can't do this without learning how to do it yourself because it looks crazy. But if you just take a runner... I'm still on screen and all I'm going to do is just sort of leap and hold for two seconds. you ready. 1,001, 1,002, 1,001, 1,002. Notice how I have to land and absorb that energy. 1,001, 1,002. You will be shocked when you have people do that. They can't do that. You will be shocked. And then they are shocked. They see you do it. And they're like, Holy shit. Let me try that again. And they keep trying again and they don't do any better because then you say to them, you get on the slack block, dude, I promise you'll be able to do that because what I have to do to do this, right? Is I have to absorb all 570 pounds of force that's coming down. And the way to do that, if you watch me, I slightly sink down to do it, right? Mm -hmm. If I come in and I come in hard, it's going to knock me off balance. I can't stay up. I have Mm -hmm. to absorb all that energy. And if you watch where I land, I'm going to come in and land on the outside of my foot And then I'm gonna come to the inside, see my knee pop in. So I land here and then the knee pops in. So just to do that, 1,001, 1,002, you have to do a certain distance. It's really hard and what I do is I put disc out, disc here, disc here, disc here, disc here. The other thing that they have to learn to do when they do it is they're gonna start like this, looking down, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, what they need to do is, and we spend a lot of time working on this vision here, so make sure people don't have their bifocals on or their progressive glasses, is I want to jump and land here, and I'll land right on that spot without looking, land here. And I always want to have my head up and rely on this vision that comes in from the bottom.
0: Mm.
1: And that vision that comes in from the bottom is much better for your balance than looking down.
0: Sure. We have, uh, we have a s- similar sort of test that we do it's more of a um to make someone aware of or just aware of the of how they land so if someone's a very heavy heel striker right um i'll tell them to do just similar sort of than that right and just say um but land on your heel please just like you do when they're running and you know 99 of the time they can't land on their heel it does not make sense right right consciously and unconsciously it doesn't make sense to do that right. step and land on the heel Right, and then you yeah
1: take off their shoes and they can't do it at all. Now, do you use? Do you have uh, Bosu balls in your gym?
0: Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. Let me show you something on a Bosu ball. I got two here, and this I think is mind blowing as well. Got one. There it is. And I have, you know, we would set up six or seven of these with different things in between. But if you take I don't know how many you've got, but you've got three or four oh, or yeah. five, whatever you got. Yeah, yeah. You put them like this, and this is easy, right? Yeah. Because they don't spend enough time now. If you had thirty of them, they'd lose their balance and go off. So we just—they have to change it. You have to land and hold for a second. One thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand one, one thousand two. Mm-hmm. I know I make it look easy. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard and you get people to do that and then you do it first and you make it look easy and then they go, oh, okay. Like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. And they keep going back around, back, around, back. around, <laughs> And it all comes back to, you have to balance on the slack box.
0: Jim, thank you very, very much um, for all that wonderful information and, and chat and background about the, the, the Slack Block and the Slack Bow. Um, so, where can um, where can we find you? Where can we find your products? Well, um, we're for, for anyone,
1: everything Slack Bow is us. Everything Slack Block is us. We don't. We've right. stopped shipping to Europe um, yeah. because it's you know since COVID. Unless we send it tracking, it a, it's a very expensive to ship. Oh yeah so we'll put it i mean i'll put it back up if people want to buy we'll open up europe again um but just know that the cost of shipping is expensive because we would send without tracking and it was reasonable but we mm. were losing so many pieces it was ridiculous really? or somebody say hey it's been six weeks we haven't seen a piece we'd send another one at our expense and then they'd say well now i have two what do i do with it well don't send it back is it costs more you just send it back so you know it's it's it i'm and for your listeners if anybody uh you know, I know you and I are going to talk about uh, Austria, but if anybody's interested, we need, you know, help distributing products in Europe.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, almost all of my clients that I've worked with, I wish they could have, they, they could take one home. Um, right. Um, and a lot of asks, and I'm like, ah, sorry, and then they say, hey, but I've got one of the... The cushions at home and i'm like yeah okay try
1: it <laughs> well you know, maybe just you and your clients we can work something out where we can send you several cases and we'll get you know some sort yeah. of setup going there and and you can do that and it yeah. might grow into something oh, yeah we can, we can
0: talk afterwards. but hey thank you thank you so much that was um a real insight and some great stuff there um thank I'd you To i'd love to get some more stuff on social media with 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 slack oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, you know, learn a lot by going and reading Balance Is Power. We went through a lot today, but you know, most of this is in one form or another. I haven't read it, so. but I
0: just, uh, I've ordered it. So it's arriving on Friday. So I'm looking okay. forward, to it, forward to having a read. Um,
1: Good, I enjoyed it, thank you.
0: Yep, thank you. And then um, I hope to speak to you again real soon.
1: Yes, sir, thank you.
0: Thanks again to Jim for coming on the show um, and sharing his wealth of knowledge and his journey with us. Um, unbelievable guy and so generous with his time to he took to do the podcast with me to share some of his knowledge Um, and and after we went offline uh, or stopped recording he spent another 45 minutes with me just talking more and going through some exercises and drills and things um, you know great unbelievable Um, so yeah balance i mean i talk about balance every day with clients i'm working with clients every day on their balance because it is so important. And I hope this conversation just sticks with you and you start thinking about, so start looking at how your balance can be improved or just testing your balance um, where you've maybe never tested it before. The reason behind doing these podcasts was to look at some big, big issues that we have for for many runners um, and that people can work on by themselves at home. So you don't need to be going to a therapist, you don't need to be going to a running specialist. You can work on many, many aspects of this by yourself. There's lots of self-testing sort of things you can do. Sure, a little bit of uh, expertise helps, you know, can go a long, long way, but just understanding that there could be a problem, there may be a problem, or there is a big blind spot for you to to improve, um, you know, puts you ahead of the game straight away. So thank you again for listening. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Um, We're gonna be hopefully getting a bunch of slap blocks over to to the clinic in Austria. We can start giving them um, off to our, our clients and maybe we'll sell a few online as well. So we shall see. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us. Hope you have a lovely day, evening, night, and yeah, enjoy your next run.